Look, look. If you don't want to make, that, make change that change within, within yourself, yourself, it's not going to get better. Get better. This, might not this might not apply to everybody. To everybody. But if you feel but if you like feel you're like your bottom, okay, and you're hoping for a better day, but you literally are doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. You are provided with a choice every day. You are provided with multiple choices throughout the entire day. Take that choice, make that change. You've identified a problem. You're saying you're rock bottom. Got it, you're there now. There's only one way and it's up. So change your mindset, use that choice and go a freaking different direction. Love y'all, Faceman VTT out. Day three of retirement. As an infantryman, I was asked if I could clean the sink. So let's look at this. Definitely some kind of grime on there. And I open up the cabinet. What do I use? Nothing comes to mind. Like my experience is my skill set. Nothing. Wait a minute. Everyone knows this is how you clean everything. Infantry retired. Just take a second. Uh, uh, would you like a military discount? Uh, oh, do you offer one? Uh, oh, it's the cap of the day. CC's Pizza is the county fair of restaurants. You go in there, you look around, you feel a little bit better about yourself, then you realize that you're in there too. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, let's be honest. You know, not everybody's made for this life. It's scary. You know, you gotta jump out of a plane while it's moving. That's not natural. It's high, it's, it's fucking wet outside sometimes. It's snowy, it's hot, it's dry, it's shitty. Who the fuck would wanna be airborne? Best job, fucking, best job I ever had. by Nick, Dave, and Buddy. Real warriors making fun of other real warriors. Try to not get triggered. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 133 of the Trash Talk Hour. Today, we have returning guests, Major General Martin, retired, and Mark Kershaw. And as usual, I'm here with Nick. Shout out to Buddy. He couldn't make it today, but uh, definitely handling some business. So, and our thoughts out to you, brother. Yeah, never forgotten, brother. Never forgotten. We'll What's say, up, everybody? Say, How you doing? Happy Saturday. Yeah. Good times today. Good, good. Oh, it's great. It is great. great. Yeah. Good like, Saturday we afternoon. We got college football on. Like right now, South Carolina's beating Georgia, unless Georgia came back. Like, we got all kinds of action going on. There'll be somebody in the chat. But football sucks. Okay, well, you suck. All right? How about that? So no. I don't watch football either. <laughs> I know you. That's because you're a European. So. <laughs> no, I do but, enjoy it. I just don't have a team, you know? Like, I, I won't go out of my way to watch it, but I do enjoy watching the sport. So, you know, that is what it is. But, I got um, that shit going on. Yeah, I got that stuff going on Facebook right now. As a parent, yeah. as a parent, if you don't like have your kids play sports, like you suck, you know, yeah. just like, it's, it's, 
and well, and people still don't know you that you're like the I biggest know. Facebook terrorist, you know, and they still fall <laughs> for it, and people get triggered, and you're just standing behind your, you're sitting behind your phone laughing your ass off, you know. Yep. <laughs> 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 I need something to read for 10 minutes. I read this, this one meme the other day. I read this one meme the other day, like tag a buddy below. Who's that one guy who will always disagree with you on Facebook when you post something. I'm like, yep, that's Nick. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the sky is blue guys. And then you'll jump on there and have something to say about it. You know, yeah, are you like, sure? actually not. Are you sure? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. Go over to YouTube again. Give us a like, subscribe. You know, we had we had like eight viewers on YouTube last time, which was very impressive. You know, most of our viewers. Oh, we got yeah, that's a good Facebook. plug again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is a good plug again. So go over there, go do it, go dogs. Thanks, Monica, for tuning in. All right, so we are going to talk about another conspiracy before we get this show kick started. And uh, Buddy's not here, so I was going to use the opportunity. Honestly, if Buddy was here, I would still do it. So I talked about the congressional hearing that the U.S. had the Oversight Committee on UFOs and UAPs. That happened a couple weeks ago, which was kind of like bombshell information, um, kind of cool stuff. And uh, just two days ago, on the 13th, the Mexican government had the same, a hearing, you know, on UAPs, UFOs. And uh, they talked about sightings that have occurred, kind of like the congressional that happened here. However, comma, they uh, brought out two alien bodies. And this was all over the news, and uh, Chris is going to play this video for me, and uh, yeah, we'll get everybody's take on it. So, Chris, play the video. Mexican Congress unveiled the remains of alleged non-human beings with only three fingers on each hand and elongated heads at a public hearing on unidentified anomalous phenomena. They also provided previously unseen UAP footage. The hearing, which was live-streamed online, was attended by lawmakers, scientists, and journalists. The main speaker was Jaime Maussan, a renowned Mexican journalist, who presented the two mummified specimens that he claimed were extraterrestrial in origin. Maussan said that the specimens were found in Cusco, Peru, and that they were dated to be around 1,000 years old. He said that they were not part of the human evolutionary line, and that they had unique anatomical features, such as three fingers on each hand, three toes on each foot, elongated heads, and metal implants. Mossan also said that DNA tests and x-rays were performed on the specimens and that they showed that they had a genetic makeup that was different from any known terrestrial species. He said that the specimens were not hoaxes or manipulated in any way. So what do you think? Are we one step closer to full disclosure? Or will this end up being a hoax and harmful to discovering the truth? Thanks for watching. Mexico. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. You know, I'm, I'm a UFO, UAP buff. I've been, you know, talking to Nick about this in the guard tower back in Samara. We just had a conversation about that barracks talk. You know? I've always been into, into the UAP, you know, UFO phenomena. I, I don't, I can't get behind this. Now, it was presented in front of Congress, like in Mexico, like, and the guy who presented it was some, some high-ranking officer in the military, Mexican military. So, I, I don't know, man. I. I think it was a hoax, but then like, why, why present that? You know, like the UFO UAP thing is really big in America right now. It's big in Europe. Um, it's so much information right now. And for Mexico to come out like that and just show two bodies, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not behind this one. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't know. General Martin, 
you, you're a very smart individual. Maybe you can give us some insight. Maybe you got some connections. What, what do you think is going on over there? <laughs> I really have no idea. Um, you know, <laughs> lots of times people, you know, they want to believe in these things and maybe they've seen something and maybe they have something that they think is evidence and they get it talked about. So I'm happy for people who, you know, get happy talking about this stuff, but I don't, I don't really see it. You don't buy it? No. Okay. Fair enough. Fair assessment. All right, Mark, what, what's your take? <clears throat> I mean, is the question, do I believe in that shit or do I believe in aliens itself? Yeah, specifically. You believe in those aliens? Yeah, if you believe in <laughs> okay. those UAPs, absolutely. You know, I think, I, think yeah. I, saw, I, saw, I saw a statistic the other day. It was 60 or 70% of Americans actually believe in UAPs now and UFOs because it's just like undeniable. Like there's a lot of stuff in the skies that are like unexplained yeah. and with the government coming forward and saying, yeah. Hey, we don't know what these things are, you know? And yeah. even if they're not, a lot of people are saying they're not human because like just the technology and the way these things are flying through the skies and stuff, like we just don't yeah. have that technology. But this video in particular, do you think that that, Got it. No. <laughs> that literally no. looked identical to that fucking thing that was inside the head in men in black. So purely based upon it did, that, didn't it? Yes. The identical when he opens up the face and he gives them the little thing that was on the, the cat collar. No, nah, I can't fucking do it. No. The, the no guy is like, <laughs> yeah. So somebody watched Will Smith after he slapped Chris Rock and said, I'm going to make that out of clay. And it yeah. wasn't very good. No, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, but I do believe in aliens, though. I think just like logically, like we're probably not the only species in this universe or whatever you want to call it. Well, so. I mean, vast universe. Absolutely. Yeah. And then NASA Isn't just, it? NASA just did their thing that they're formally investigating it all. Um, and they're going to use AI technology to come out with like, I watched the NASA presentation two days ago as well at 10 a.m. in the morning because, you know, and they denied course, it, right? They, denied why not? No they did, they did, which, which even again, more reason why I don't, be I believe in correct, aliens. correct. But that, that brings me, that brings me to one of the conspiracies that I've talked about on here multiple times is Project Blue Book or Project Blue Beam, where they're going to fake all this stuff, you know, like now the government is openly talking about it. So maybe there is something to it, you know, or there's actually nothing to it and it's all staged. So who knows? Knows, man i don't know so the video fake mark but you definitely believe in you know all the other 100 yeah that was <laughs> yeah that was, that was entertaining though thank yeah. you for sharing yeah and yeah that's yeah, that's pretty much my position too yeah. i i do subscribe to the broader alien phenomena stuff we mm -hmm. don't understand but i didn't think that film was really accurate yeah yeah, just the Mexican government just pulling some crazy stuff, you know. Maybe they just want to get ahead of the game. Who knows? Nick, what's your take on it? 100% real. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. Like, uh, Matt Matt Chupp is on the, the thread, and he says that, uh, turn it over, it says made in China. Uh, you know, and like, like, I don't know if Matt's still doing his woodworking, but we had him on the show uh, two years ago, and he uh, makes chairs out of bourbon barrels. So, Matt, I hope you're still doing that. Uh, share a link in the chat if you are. Um, I have some in my backyard. They're freaking legit. Um, but yeah, and then Linda's saying hi. Good, good. Another good plug for all of our admin and moderators on BTT official. Yep. Uh, they do such tremendous work. They're volunteers. Um, they control the flow. They don't allow the politics, the sexual posts, purely for support. So again, if you're having problems or you're struggling, all right, go to VTT official. Join the group. All right. You might not say anything for two years. But then one day someone's going to post something that you have the answer to. All right. And so the bigger the community that we have, the better we'll be. But all right, back to uh, the real stuff. All right. Aliens. All right. Remember, 
Jesus was an extraterrestrial. All right. So like they exist, right? Everybody thinks <laughs> in religion, but Jesus extraterrestrial. came out of fucking nowhere. Right. <laughs> right. So like, that's just, it is what it is. Um, but I, I knew this was going to come up today. So I, I went out and did some research. I found this homeless guy at the cross country meet. Right. And I started talking to him about his deal. Homeless. <laughs> okay. And I was like, well, first of all, I gave him some money, but like, I was like, Hey, I was like, he's like, um, what do you think about aliens? And he goes, yeah. He's like, you know what? He's like, they're all over the place. And I was like, dude. Right. And he's like, he's like, but you know what's, you know, why I don't believe in them anymore. I'm like, even though you just said they were all over the place. He's like, he's like, he's like, because the government's talking about it now. He's like, now I don't believe it at all. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Crazy time, right? Right, right. And you talk about this before, where it's you know the government's openly saying that they that there are I, that there's UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah, right. Yeah, and 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 nobody cares. <laughs> like <laughs> this was like been a bombshell story like ten years. You know, right. I feel everybody's like, like oh, just well. so desensitized. Like we just don't <laughs> care anymore. As like the human race, we're like, Do, how are we not like? How is this not? I mean, it is on every or, news channel. Yeah, but, or like, like no shit. Like. <laughs> like do, do y'all remember when the guys. government? Do y'all remember when the government got so mad when that kid? It was like a random kid got a petition together, got millions of signatures to storm Area Fifty One. Yes, <laughs> in yeah. like yeah. It, it made like national news. People are like, we're gonna be clapping alien cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. like millions of people in the yeah, government. Yeah, people went out there like and a... camped out there that night. And yeah, 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 yeah. That was the one time it'd been awesome to be a gate guard. It's like, yeah, come on, nerds. Yeah, let's go storm this here. base. You're not coming in here. <laughs> oh man! But so yeah, anyway, the video's real. fake. Yeah, yeah. No real. Oh real. One hundred percent real. Yeah, that, that. that's the homeless guy. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Fair enough. Okay. Good but take. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, but yeah, normally this is where we transition to the most important part of the show, and that's me talking. Um, however, <laughs> however, comma, as Dave would say, like. We're going to do something different, all right? We had Mark on the fight show a couple of fight shows ago uh, showing one of the it's, – it's going to be a tremendous document. It is a tremendous documentary. It's already made, uh, and I'll let him explain it. Um, we'll show the clip first, then, Mark, feel free to talk about it. But, again, this – like, Mark and I were a part of one of these soldier stories, uh, and it's, it's going to be awesome. Go ahead and play it, Chris. I knew this lifestyle was good for me and I could do it. I was proficient, I was good at it. And I liked it, the money was good and I got to travel. And I got to live like a Hollywood movie star, felt like. Watching Rambo and uh, Predator and stuff like that, that, uh, that made me want to join. Uh, I went to college the first time and like a lot of people that joined the military, we weren't, I wasn't mentally prepared or, you know, emotionally prepared. As, as I was dragging him, the ground collapsed underneath us and, and we fell roughly uh, 50, 60 foot into a, uh, into a Carrez, to a hole. As soon as we started uh, receiving fire, I rolled onto all fours from a seated position, and uh, an RPG landed under my face. Why 
while we were driving into the city, before we got to the actual city, we were making explosive charges in the back of a Humvee. Then the Fedeen tried to, they were really attacking our position. But yeah, you know, we had a, a good firefight, a good firefight that morning. Ancient tribes, their warriors, they came home to different settings. And I think for our veterans, we need to figure out a way to bring these guys home and let them integrate into a society that understands them. I miss it. I, 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 I miss every, every portion of it. All the good, all the bad. I miss looking at, at my buddies and we're all in pain, but we smile and we nod and we know that he's in pain with me. And, and he knows that I'll do everything and anything possible for him and he would do the same for me. Cheers to that, That's yeah. Awesome. Cheers to that. That's awesome. All right, Mark, yeah. the floor is yours. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, that's two years, two years in the making, and we're finally done um, doing private showings. And really, why that happened or why I even did that, I mean, that was all my money, pretty much all my savings that went into doing that. And then taking it on, producing it, making sure I had all the right uniforms, because us vets like to really like take apart the accuracy of the uniforms and things like that. Um, I did that because I was tired of losing guys, man. Um, the whole reason of tribal is, is an idea that Sebastian Younger talks about in his book, Tribe, is when we're overseas and when we're in the military, um, everything's like a community-based sense of practice. I'm pulling security for Dave. Nick is pulling security for me. Cooks are making food for everyone. It's never for oneself. It's for the greater good of the community. And then when you get out, you know, you think you're going to have this false sense of reality that it's like that. and It's not right. It's who you voting for. Are you red or are you blue? What bathroom are you going into? What are your pronouns? Or, or and when you, even when you go out and try to have a drink, people want something from you. They're exchanging business cards. They want something from you. And it really, society isn't like that. So um, I started talking about it around PTSD and feeling that lost sense of purpose, identity, and community. And then it kind of branched out into like a societal issue, right? Of just how do mo modern warriors fit into modern day society or what is the true cost of war, right? We've been at war for 20 years. What is the true cost of it? It's not just, you know, the eight guys I've lost to suicide, right? But their families. And um, I just got tired of it, man. So I wanted to do something about it. And I wanted something to be a force multiplier because I can't be everywhere. I still think I'm Sergeant Kershaw. I still think I'm somebody that kind of wears everyone's like issues on my shoulders. So it kind of kills me every time it happens. So I'm hoping that this can kind of be a message to vets like, hey, it's okay not to be okay and get help. That's why I picked those three warriors. They don't know each other. There's a Marine, there's a guy from 10th Mountain and then Omar who was in the 82nd. They don't know each other. The only thing that you can see is that they share a common like I would say experience once they get out, you know, they all feel this way. So I'm hoping that'll let vets know it's okay not to be okay and get help. And then also the allies and the people that are trying to understand things or they'll realize and be like, Hey, that's why Mark doesn't want to go to happy hours. Right? Like that's why he's a little bit quieter. Maybe he just does his work and goes home. Maybe that's why he's isolated. Like he's a nice guy, but why doesn't he just drink in front of us or something like that? Right. Um, which I, I was accustomed to, right. My manager used to get mad at me because I never went to happy hours. Cause I, 
feel like a square peg in a round hole. I don't feel like I'm a part of their society or their tribe. So um, our first viewing already happened August 12th. We had over 150 people there and the response was awesome. We actually, I think, uh, saved one guy, came up and admitted something to me. And then the allies were saying, how can we help? I didn't realize most veterans feel this type of way. So I, I think it hits the nail on the head and I'm hoping that this can just be a message. Um, but that's basically it. Oh, that's awesome, Mark. That's yeah, hats off, man. And, and that's coming. About, is that is that like a whole, that's a whole documentary that's coming out then, or like a yeah 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 yeah. So a big news is um, we I actually just signed a distribution deal. If anyone's ever dealt with like films, oh nice. It, yeah, it's a it's a big chaotic predatory industry. I'm just gonna be honest with it, right? Like that you can't go directly to Netflix or Prime, right? You need a middleman that you know completely you know, takes advantage, but it is what it is. We, we found a really good place um, that doesn't do that. And um, hopefully we will be on streaming soon. But the idea of these private viewings is is getting community feedback and getting excitement around it and getting people not only in the theaters and feeling it, we have a panel afterwards that Nick's going to be a part of. And then they go um, to the veteran whiskey bar rebellion, and then you can talk about it. So it gets people excited about it. It gets people that don't understand veterans able to connect with them on a personal level and understand them. So um, that's that's my vision, man. We'll see if it works. Um, so far, it's you know at least we help one guy, and that's enough. But stay the course, man. That's yeah. phenomenal. I love it. Yeah. Correct. Stay the course. And your next one, which I'll be there, uh, is October seventh in Arlington. Correct. Yep. Arlington Cinema Draft House, October seventh. Tickets are free, so if anyone's in the area and wants to go, um, it's filling up. But uh, we have plenty of tickets left, and if, if you want to go, just just let us know. Yeah. Super excited. Super excited. Um, and this kind of goes into, uh, you know, we've talked about this on the show a hundred times, but it's, you know, I remember when we had John Troxell on the show and, uh, the old crazy SEAC, right. And, you know, he was like, they were asking me, what are you going to do when you get out? You're going to be range control, right? You're going to go work at the PX, you know? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go be a CEO of a company. Like, I'm going to go do this. Like, cause the, the old adage that, you know, an NCO when he retires just has to go do range control, you know, or yeah. work a gut truck for the ranges, you know, and it's like, like no, you you literally just said, I'm gonna make a movie. And yeah. guess what, everybody watching? He did it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He off his butt and he did it. All right. And that goes for anybody. It goes for me, it goes for Jeff Martin, it goes for Dave. Like here's the worst idea is when you're sitting there just thinking about not acting. All right. It just, it just becomes lost. Right. Go act on it. Go make it happen. All right. Unless it's like murdering something. Don't do that. But <laughs> might want to leave that one sitting there. But, um, <laughs> but no, hey, congrats, Mark. Uh, can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, what are your guys' takes on the video? Anybody, anybody? Mark, congratulations. That's, I can imagine Appreciate how much work you. it is and creativity and all that. So, really well done. I look forward to watching it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, sir. Oh, we got a YouTube comment. Every day Saturday, U.S. Marine Corps veteran. What's going on? All with the cran marks. Uh, what's going on, brother? Um, hey, again, everybody watching right now, go on our YouTube and then press subscribe. All right, we don't pay any attention to YouTube. We're shadow banned on it. Like the only one that shows is our, our West Point football uh, talk show that we have um, because I hashtag West Point and that doesn't get shadow banned. So, uh, like, go ahead and uh, <laughs> go ahead and throw all that. Speaking of the West Point shirt, uh, good segue into it. But okay, we have another awesome thing to promote um that you know those of you who've been fans of the show for the you know the years that we've been doing it now 
Uh, General Martin was on the show about what a year ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, about a year. What ago. a show, too. Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great show, um, yeah. and I'm sure he'll get into it again a little bit for those of you because we mm-hmm. have a much bigger following now than we did when you were on last time. Uh, so, like, you you get to go through the whole thing again, and uh, you know, tell us all about you know what it's like to be a bipolar general, you know, in the meeting with the chiefs of staff and yelling at them. So that's uh, <laughs> it's, uh like I I I always thought that every like leader in the army was bipolar, but uh, without <laughs> make, without making fun of it, like, but um, <laughs> like that's like what the hell's wrong with him? You know, like like my, my bootlace was untucked, man. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, dude. Like, but um. No, General Martin, welcome to the Trash Talk Hour. Yes. Uh, and, and of course, you know, when we do the, I do, I spend about a good three and a half minutes on the script every Friday. And because uh, I put a lot of work into it. And Daunting I task. <laughs> I, I, I spell words wrong. I don't care. And I said, hey, how come you branched infant? Um, so it was like, like, we know that you're really on the show to tell us why you were upset that you didn't branch infantry. Uh, and, I wish you, and, and you wish you would have. Um, but it's okay. We forgive you. And, uh, we still love having you on the show, but Hey, congrats on the book. Tell us all about General Martin's, uh, bipolar general. So, Hey, thanks a lot. The book is officially out as of yesterday, 15 September, uh, official release of the book, bipolar general, my forever war with mental illness. So anyway, it's, it's out there. Um, yeah, it was a lot of work. I mean, it took, about a year to write the manuscript took about another year to find a publisher who wanted to publish the book. And then once I had a publisher, it took about another year to actually get the book published. Cause there's, you know, a lot of steps and, and things that go into that process, but I'm happy it's, it's done, but now I'm getting really, really busy with interviews, articles, podcasts, speaking engagements, et cetera, et cetera, but it's good. It's all good. Nice, nice. So yeah, talk, talk, talk through us a little bit about like, you know, you just you know, said how long of the process it was. Uh, and we ask a lot of the authors that come on the show. It's like, but what did you find rewarding about writing the book? Did it? Did you find self help in it? Did you find like, mm-hmm. you know, was it soothing? Was it difficult? Because it brought up things that you maybe were like, keeping down deep. And then maybe it triggered something else, something like that. Uh, some of both. Um, in overall, I would say it was a very cathartic, uh, therapeutic process that, you know, writing the story out helped me to understand it, to make sense of it, made me feel better. But there were parts of it that are, that are you know, uh, upsetting, terrifying, um, you know, shocking, uh, that, that are not a happy story. And so those kind of were startling. It made me feel, um, you know, not happy. But it it helped me get my head and my emotions and my my heart wrapped around it, so I could move forward better. So overall, I would say it was a very positive experience. Nice. Uh, give us a uh, give us a little bit about uh, the the background of the story and like 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 just that because I follow you on LinkedIn. Uh, we communicate a lot on there, and I see all like you talk about being busy. You are being extremely busy. Uh, watching all those, like, uh, like talk about like, like just a little bit of the background for the viewers on like, yeah, you got to give us some of the stories from, gotta, from yeah. the last time you were on. I mean, I yeah. was all years. I didn't even talk. You just did the talking and it was just yeah. phenomenal. So, <laughs> so okay. I'll, I'll give you kind of a short synopsis of the mm-hmm. story. Um, you know, I was, uh, very successful, 
uh, in high school, captain of the teams and honor roll and leadership, then went to West Point, graduated near the top of my class, you know, got to go to Ranger School, then went off to Germany as a platoon leader, company commander during the Cold War. And, you know, while I was there, like in my free time, ran seven marathons under three hours, including a 236. Um, and everything oh. I did, oh. I got, you know, top, you know, top ratings. My soldiers were great. I loved, loved being around those guys. Had an important, dangerous mission in the Cold War, you know, on the east, on the border with East Germany, where the Soviet armies were just across, across the line. But, but everything was successful. Um, and, you know, when the army then said, hey, we want to send you to grad school to get a master's degree in civil engineering. So I went to MIT and I got two master's degrees and a PhD. And the reason I tell you all that is not to brag, but I, I now realize looking back and working with psychiatrists and, you know, some world-class doctors that my brain was a bipolar brain going back to high school. I was living on the bipolar spectrum from my teenage years on. And what that means is that my brain was producing and distributing excess amounts of dopamine, endorphins, and other chemicals that gave me a boost in energy, drive, enthusiasm, optimism, problem-solving skills. And so that carried me. Every rating I ever got in the Army was a top rating. And, you know, ended up getting, you know, made battalion command, brigade command, all the way to two-star general. But this condition called hyperthymia, which is a near continuous state of mild mania. And mania means you're up, you're getting a mm -hmm. boost, you're getting enhanced. It was key to my performance and success and all my achievements. And it helped me until it went too high and then it started to hurt me. Um, the, the first big um, onset of bipolar disorder where I actually went into real mania um, was in Iraq in 2003. And this is according to the Army Medical Board and the VA. So I was a brigade commander in charge of thousands of troops. You know, we got to do the attack from Kuwait, you know, onto Baghdad. And the thrill, the euphoria, the stress of combat triggered my genetic predisposition for bipolar disorder. So prior to Iraq, I was on the bipolar spectrum. I had a bipolar brain, but it was pretty much under control. But once the Iraq war started, I went into a, a case of mania where I felt like Superman. I thought I was Superman. I had unbelievable amounts of energy and drive and my creativity and problem solving skills on the battlefield were just really, really high. Um, you know, pretty much fearless, moved all over the battle space, um, you know, always checking on everybody, seeing what was going on. And it, the year in Iraq went really well. Um, the mania helped me do better than I otherwise would have. But when we went home to Germany, I fell into depression. And I was in depression for 10 months. And I mean, I was, I was lucky that I, I could still function because I was still a brigade commander. I could function, but I was just in really bad shape. And I went to the doctor and said, hey, there's something wrong with me. I'm usually really high and up and energetic. And now I'm really depressed and I'm down and I'm low. You know, what's wrong with my brain? And uh, they said, oh, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And they were totally wrong because I was in the down cycle of a, of a, bipolar, a bipolar swing. I had been up and then I came down. 
That happened two more times over the next several years where I went in to get checked out for depression. Um, but what ended up happening was from 2003 in Iraq until 2014, when my brain essentially blew up, um, my bipolar disorder was unknown to me or anybody, unrecognized, undiagnosed. And my manic highs kept going higher and higher. My depressive lows kept going lower and lower until by 2014, I went into what they call full-blown mania, where I went insane into a state of madness. And I can talk about what that was like if, if you're interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Okay. So, so here's just some examples. Um, in those three months before I got fired, um, I started, I went essentially three months with zero sleep, no sleep at all, because I didn't need it because of the mania. And then the lack of sleep made the mania go higher. I had a sense of grandiosity where I thought I was the smartest guy in the world, that I held the key to world peace. I had this idea called a um, the Global Security University, uh, which would be this interconnected network of networks that you know, using kind of the Stan McChrystal model for how he went after the terrorists. Mm-hmm. And um, I was preaching it to everybody, recruiting people, trying to pump this thing up. And uh, it consumed me totally. Um, I had a sense of religiosity. I thought I was a, you know, basically a apostle of God into the Department of Defense to to transform DOD. So I, I mean, I thought of myself as being like the Apostle Paul, only modern day in the U.S. military. Um, I was probably doing twenty-five to thirty significant religious events per week. I mean, I saw the Holy wow. Spirit come down multiple times. Um, I saw demons and devils attacking our house on Fort McNair in Washington, D.C. I put Bibles and crosses in the windows and doors to repel the the demons. And I would see them like fly in and they'd see the Bible and they would do a U-turn and fly away. Um, I mean, it was intense (laughs) religiosity, Um, you know, praying and memorizing Bible verses all the time. I lost track of time. I would forget meetings and appointments. I would be in, if I was in a meeting, it might run for, you know, two hours, you know, because I lost track of time. I would talk endlessly with pressured speech faster and faster. And uh, people couldn't keep up with me because I was speaking so fast. I had a flight of ideas where I would get so many good ideas, rapid fire in my brain. Nobody could possibly keep up with it. Um, I was reckless, taking chances. I, I was right on the edge of being violent with people and, um, you know, hurting people. And I, I was really fortunate that, you know, kind of like a guardian angel or something protected me um, to where I never did any physical violence to anybody. But that's part of mania as, as well. Um, I had hallucinations where people who were resisting the transformational change of National Defense University I would see them, their faces would morph into rats and snakes. And that's pretty dangerous because I could have grabbed them and thrown them out the window or smashed a chair over their head, but I didn't. So I was, I was really fortunate. Um, I would be in a meeting and people would, if, if people were pushing back on the changes or, you know, arguing, um, I'd have a PTSD flashback to where I was in Iraq, you know, so bombs going off, artillery, fire, smoke, blood, you dead bodies and stuff like that. And, uh, and so that would happen like in a meeting with civilians. 
Um, you know, not again, a very unhealthy situation. So I started getting so out of control over the top um, that my um, people finally started recognizing, hey, there's something wrong with this guy. That was going to be my next question. What, what, what was the reaction of people around you? A, the people who cared about you, who were very close to you, and then just everybody else, you know? like. So my condition up until spring, summer of 2014, up until then, there were people who probably thought, man, this guy is really kind of over the top. He's got an awful lot of energy. He's acting kind of weird. Um, but nothing bad enough that somebody would report the behavior as mm-hmm. this, this guy's mentally ill. That, that never happened. Um, but once I got into that stage that I just described, um, where I become, you know, literally in a state of madness, they started writing anonymous letters to my, my chain of command. And my boss was the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff, who was general Marty Dempsey at that time. So he was my boss. And, uh, and I had worked for Dempsey like four times and we knew each other really well. And he had picked me for the job, but he made, he, he did some, um, investigations and assessments and decided for the good of national defense university. And for the good of Martin, we need to get him out of there. And so on a Friday, afternoon i got a call hey report to the chairman in the pentagon 10 o'clock monday morning and i was so high i didn't know if i was going to get promoted or fired and i i didn't really care and uh so I went it's in. not a laughing matter but yeah it's what we do we laugh about yeah. stuff like this it, it, Jesus. It, it is it is pretty amazing and yeah. uh so I, I report to the chairman and uh and I see the first person I see when the door opens is his lawyer. I said, Oh, no promotion today. That's, a, that's <laughs> not a good time. <laughs> so general Dempsey, who's a wonderful guy, really great dude. And, uh, he comes across the room, he gives me a big hug and he said, Greg, I love you like a brother. You've done an unbelievable job. I give you a grade of a plus, but your time at NDU is over. You have until 5 p.m. today to resign or I will fire you. And I'm giving you an order to go get a mental evaluation this week at Walter Reed. And and, uh, he said, you know, what what are your comments and questions? So we had a nice little discussion. And I basically said, sir, thank you. This is great. Um, God put me here to do great things. And now he's going to put me somewhere else to do even bigger things. And, uh, (laughs) and, And that was pretty much. The, the end of the conversation. Um, and then I basically went in three times in the next couple of weeks and got three separate psychiatric evaluations. And all three of them said, fit for duty, you're healthy, there's nothing wrong. Wow. And I mean, I can't tell you guys, these doctors got it so, so wrong. But when you went to these doctors real quick, were you telling them everything that, you know, you were seeing and, or, or did you go to those doctors then and tell them what they wanted to hear? You know, like, how um, did you, how did you, you know, cause I mean, like obviously the, you telling us all this stuff, like, holy shit. The aftermath. So yeah. did you think like, like, were you in there? Like kind of like, yeah. were you in there? Like not like not knowing that you, this was a problem. <laughs> so here's, that's a very, that's a great question. And here's the deal. When you're manic, when you're state of mania, Mm-hmm. You, I thought everything was normal. I thought seeing the demons flying and the Holy Spirit coming down, and, everyday you life, know, <laughs> and you know, the go. guys turning into snakes, and and me being to ele- elevate up off the ground and stuff like that. 
I thought it was all normal. And that this idea that I was anointed from God, I thought it was true. I believed I was the smartest guy in the world. I I really, truly, 100% believed all that. So when I would go in and talk to the doctors, I mean, I would be, you could go in, when you're manic, you're not constantly bouncing off the walls and jumping up and down. So when I would go in to see them, I would sit down and we would have a rational, intelligent conversation Mm -hmm. in which my story of why all this is happening is that the bureaucrats, the, you know, the DOD civilians at NDU were resisting change. They didn't want to transform <laughs> and they're fighting back on me and they're trying to get me fired. And <laughs> so none of the other stuff. Yeah, no. Right. So that's what our, we talked about. And so, yeah. and I, I mean, you know, and then you're I, good to go. Yeah. So they're like, Hey, that makes sense. To yeah, me. They suck. Yeah, yeah, they well, suck. <laughs> they, they suck. It's their fault. And so, and, and the, the other thing is, um, you know, the doctors, they had a hard time dealing with a 50-something-year-old two-star general having bipolar disorder. They're used to having an 18 to 25-year-old enlisted guy, NCO, young officer. PTSD. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when it normally happens is 18 yeah. to 25. It doesn't happen hardly at all when you're in your 40s or 50s, but it did to me. And so my success and being a general masked the reality of my condition. So they couldn't see past the stars and the success and, you know, NDU president and all that. The other thing that happened that I am certain happened is that the medical people and the military people never talked to each other. Like if, if the military people had given the medical people all these anonymous reports, I mean, it reads like a textbook that describes bipolar disorder. I mean, mm-hmm. I read a bunch of the anonymous reports and it's literally, it describes um, that psychiatric condition to a T. Mm-hmm. So if, if the doctor had seen that stuff, I think they would have come to the conclusion pretty quickly, this guy has bipolar disorder, but I don't think they ever saw it. Um, wow. But what, what happened though, it, what, what really made those false um, findings um, dangerous was that it conf- in my mind, I thought my employees, the civilian employees were out to screw me over. I believed that. I thought I was being followed, tape recorded, watched, spied on, and that they wanted to get me fired, put in jail and, and murdered. And, um, and so once, and so those are what you call psychotic delusions, paranoid delusions. And so once th- three different doctors said, you're fine, there's nothing wrong with you, that confirmed in my mind that my paranoid delusion was true, that they were out to get me because look, the doctor said I'm healthy. So why else would they have put in all these reports about me uh, that I know they're, I know they're false now. I know they were lying. So then I went into a state of bitterness and anger and rage where I want to kill people. Everybody against you. Yeah. Everybody's against me. And, um, and, but, but then what happened is I was so high with mania there was a natural what goes up must come down. So I spiraled and then crashed into hopeless, crippling depression with psychosis. And that was in November. So four months after I got fired, I, I was in horrible uh, depression. I'd never felt anything like it before. I could barely function as a person. My brain was essentially shutting down. All those chemicals that give you energy and lift had been 
they they shrank and they went away and so i had nothing my my brain was just shut down and so i knew i was sick that was the first time i really knew there was something wrong with me i went back to walter reed and said hey there is something wrong with me we I gotta figure help. this out yep and and then they were able to through i said you know i always was up always full of energy enthusiasm now i'm like nearly dead and they were able to piece it together and everything and then they said aha bipolar disorder with psychosis and psychosis is delusions and hallucinations which i can talk about more and give you guys a little time to think about but um I, those for the next two years i was in what i call bipolar hell hopeless depression terrifying psychosis and you know essentially i had uh, was suicidal with what they call passive suicidal ideations where i had continuous visions of my own death my own Oof. brutal death murder uh bloody and and it went through my mind continuously so and, and then it, so i went through two years of that and i'll pause there um and and then two years later i finally started the journey of recovery that's insane yeah. i mean you pretty much you had it your whole life obviously because you're talking about back in high school and everything and then like I guess, where was the key? Like I guess after that that deployment or the invasion or whatever, that's when it, you came back and it really started. You know, like I'm trying to understand like the whole behind it. It's not something you just pick up suddenly, but you've had it your whole life, and then it just got to a point where it just you know. Yeah, and it, like you know, with that, David, if you don't mind if I if I jump. No, on no, that, go but, ahead, go um, ahead. Uh, like we use humor. You know, at Veteran Trash Talk, um, and then on the on the support page, we have people that are more serious than the big girl. Because you know, I, I mean, I'll I'll make a joke about anything, um, because that's my coping mechanism, right? I I turn it into humor, uh, and then that helps me talk about it. Uh, with that, do you ever go back now? Because I mean, you were laughing about it when you were talking about it, but do you ever go back now and and look at it from the outside and say? You know, I was wondering why my training meetings were had less and less people in it every time. <laughs> like, like, because, like, why aren't there any NCOs here? We're like, all the sergeant majors, like, I ain't fucking going to that. It's going to be 16 hours of telling us why we're changing this shit. Like, did that, did, did that ever, that reflection ever go back and be like, man, like, like these people, like, they honestly, like, they probably just left. Like, was, was there anything that you picked up on maybe that you thought of, like, later down the road? Yes, definitely. I mean, looking back now, um, you know, my my the true bipolar disorder, you know, like I said, I had a bipolar brain, I was on the bipolar spectrum, but it was very low level. And it was it's it, it's it was it's such a low degree that it actually helped me. And I was gonna say it led you to success for the most part until it spiraled the other direction, you know, but like, for the most part, it made you who you like, as successful as you are, right from high school standpoint to the military. And that's what I was kind of trying to explain earlier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It did. Yeah. Um, but I've gone back and um, when I was in the process of writing the manuscript for this book, I went back and interviewed everybody that I served with, you know, superiors, peers, subordinates. And I talked to as many people as I could. And I said, Hey, um, you know, I, I am bipolar and here's when it really started in a significant way was in Iraq in 2003 mm -hmm. and then it got worse and more significant over the next years until 2014. 
um, did you see anything unusual? What kind of um, what what issues did you see? Was there anything strange? Uh, here are some of the symptoms of bipolar disorder. Did you see any of these? And I had some pretty good discussions with people. I was um, going to say, <laughs> you're probably surprised. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were really a lot of the people were really surprised that had been with me in the early days of the bipolar disorder, like from 2003 to, say, 2006. But as it went on and the condition got worse and more serious, then people were like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, now, now I can <laughs> see that. Crazy. Oh, that, explains, yeah. that explains a lot of things. And uh, so, yeah, I've had that conversation and um, and it didn't get really crazy out of control to where it was hurting relationships, performance, leadership of the unit, probably until about 2013, 2014 is when I started getting really crazy. Um, up until that, most of my, my energy and creativity and all that stuff were still pretty much of a plus. And when you're manic, you, th you not only think you're the smartest guy in the world, you think you're the funniest guy in the world. And like people, for the most part, they liked being in my command. They thought it was fun and it was exciting that we were achieving big, important things. And they kind of wanted to be on, you know, Team Martin. And uh, until I started having two hour long meetings, forgetting about things and stopped doing paperwork. And, you know, I'd come to, I, you know, I, I would come to work and wear my, unless I had an official meeting with some big delegation i'd wear gym clothes my last couple months you know and this is you know you the you follow supposed to have the same rules of uniformity as the joint staff so i mean you're supposed to be in either class a or class b i'd show up in in pt all day people say, hey <laughs> hey general hey general martin um, you know the uniform is such and such and i say yeah, i know but i get paid to think and i can think much better when i'm in my pt clothes so i'm sitting in this headquarters with you know, all these big shots oh and ambassadors in general I'm, I'm roaming around in pt clothes all day i'm sure there's some pictures <laughs> floating around there's got to be some pictures yeah yeah but somebody snuck one in look at this guy <laughs> But I think um, to go to your exact question, Nick, I think th there was a point, there was a threshold that was crossed in the spring of 2014 where I became a negative force, a distraction, uh, a problem. And I, I was not I was not value added to the unit anymore. I was taking away. And that's when people started writing their reports to the chairman. Mm. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, it, reminds, <laughs> it, it reminds me of a story of a patrol-based situation one time. Uh, remember old Frankie Velez, our Major Velez, Dave? Were you yeah, yeah. You leave? <laughs> so uh, so old, old Frankie Velez called everybody Jimmy, right? And, you know, yeah. he'd come over, he'd, he'd, be like, he'd be like, come here, Jimmy. All right? And, he, and he'd take a barb red out and light it, and he'd cover his mouth with it, and he'd go, hey, hey come here, Sergeant Trill. He's like, you know, I was just at the academy, and uh, – you know, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but is that fucked up over there? And I'm like, yeah, Roger, well, it's fucked up. I'll go fix it. He's like, oh, God, just making sure because you know, I'm a little crazy. You know, and I'm sitting there like, that's like, 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 I'm like okay. But anyways, like what you just said about thinking, thinking more clearly in PTs. Like I had a soldier who was awesome, like just a smart ass like me. Right. And all of a sudden I hear, God Damn it, real loud. I'm like, oh, that's our major bliss. You know, and I, like, I'm in the patrol base and I'm like, I get, you know, I go over there and I'm like, what's up, Sergeant Major? You know what this motherfucker just said to me? I was like, nope. You know, and he's like, he's like, he goes, 
I saw him with his hands in his pockets. And so I yelled at him, I'm going to get your hands out of your pockets. And he said, well, a high-ranking officer said I could have my hands in my pockets. <laughs> and Sergeant Major goes, who? He goes, well, actually, sir, Sergeant Major, it was, uh, you know, it was a general. And he said, uh, somebody with cold, with cold hands and empty pockets is a fool. And he said, he said, well, who's, what general? He goes, General Patton. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you're a controls platoon, aren't you? He goes, yeah, right, Sergeant Major. He's like, okay, get out of here, you know. But uh, like, like, and then this is going to segue into something. But like, that's where, like, you you were talking about it, you know, where the the doctors are, you know, you're a general, so they're not really asking you the real questions that they would have saw the manuscripts and like that. And Dave and I talk about this all the time. Like when you're on the spectrum of something, right? And people want to like, you know, medicate you and, you know, you know, stop you from being successful. And I think we've come a long way since then, right? But it's like that spectrum made you successful, like they've talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think you talked about uh, where your brain is operating on a different level. All right. Now, have you read up or researched anything that if they would have found out this earlier, were there, was there a drug or anything that they would have put you on 30 years ago that might have destroyed your life as opposed to what they're doing now for you? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and I've talked a lot have, with um, different Whatever. psychiatrists <laughs> and, and medical people. So there's a strong belief that bipolar disorder is really prevalent among high achieving people, um, hmm. whether it's in business, government, arts and entertainment, military, whatever. Um, but that this, this that this bipolar condition is actually quite prevalent and you know really underreported. So and, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Num- number one, most bipolar onset is between 18 and 25. Um, the thing that causes bipolar disorder to come on is that you have the genetic predisposition, and then you're put in a really stressful environment like the military, um, and then that triggers it. And then there's all kinds of reasons why people in the military either they either don't know they have it, they don't report it if they do, or they hide it because they don't want to get kicked out. And so I, I just read that um, uh, 25% of veterans have bipolar disorder. So wow. 25% of veterans. And now the national. I mean, that's a significant. That 25%. I mean, people might huge. say 25. That's significant. Yeah. It, yeah. Because because the national average is only uh, 4%. And Nick, so if, you might want to go look into that. If go 25% ahead. of veterans have bipolar disorder, that kind of sort of tells you that about 25% of military people probably have bipolar disorder too. Right. Which, you know, nobody talks about. There's no. You, like, you can't, I couldn't get any figures on how many people in the military have bipolar disorder. But the the other thing, I had a talk with the VA doc about this. I said, if you could see the characteristics of early mania, is there anything that could be done about it? He said, yes, there is. You could do like medical interventions with certain types of, you know, uh, anti-bipolar, anti-mania medication. But he said the military and nobody else would ever want to do that because some of their best performers are people who have bipolar disorder. On that mania, that high level. Yeah. Yeah. They're keeping it under. So so they're underneath a certain level. 
So they're not going insane or crazy or mad like I ended up doing. And so nobody wants to talk about it. Like, cause do you want to say, Hey, this guy's my best performer. They're the most motivated, They're the most dynamic, but They're he's bipolar. We got to remove him. Right. Yeah. Nobody, right. Yeah. nobody wants to do that. And it's the same in business, entertainment, government positions, et cetera. But the, 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 the actual, the short answer to your question though, is put like the, the, the medication after two years of bipolar hell, I was hospitalized. I went to a VA inpatient. So I was in the locked up psych ward. I did electroconvulsive therapy to my brain, you know, mm -hmm. shock treatment. I did all kinds of stuff. But what finally helped me turn the corner and stabilize was lithium, which is a natural salt that's harvested out of the earth. It's LI3 on the chemical periodical table. And so you could give somebody theoretically who is at a lower level of mania that you're worried is going to be going up the spectrum and you could give them low doses of lithium. And if it works for them and it doesn't have negative effects, that could curb their movement towards real mania and real bipolar disorder. So, and then they call that the medical term is a prophylactic. And, mm -hmm. and so they would give you that medicine to try to curtail that movement towards mania. Um, but there's really no appetite to do that because there's a, there's a lot, large part of um, society that says that the psychiatric community is medicalizing everything, that they think everything is a mental condition and they want to give medicine to people for every, every little thing. And, and like I said, nobody wants to disrupt a high performer. So right. um, could they have done that with me? Probably, but nobody knew there was anything wrong. And, uh, and they, they just don't do that. Right. Yeah. So wow. those of you watching right now, especially Jeremy on the chat thread, who's going nuts, like, uh, like he always does. We love you, Jeremy. Um, love you too. like, yeah. Uh, don't go eating Tesla batteries. All right. If you think like, you're, <laughs> like, but that, that, that being said, um, and it's, it's fascinating. Cause I was, uh, I was reading a book. It was but I had a lot of pictures, but it was uh, it was talking about. You're an army uh, guy. You're not a marine. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but like, but that's another general story. I, I love talking about with General Horner. Um, but um, we uh, say, say, why do we, like Native Americans take their shoes off, their moccasins off? It's like because there's metal in your body. There's metal in the earth, and it's like so when you walk barefoot on the ground, right? Those metals center you that's what they thought and, and mm -hmm. so it's like when you said that i thought about that instantly it's like is you know like you said like there's that misconception and i am going to bring up task force lahaina that we're doing right now with ben owen and uh, colonel man retired is doing uh that we'll take credit for we started it but they took it over um and they're getting supplies to lahaina and they said the biggest thing that you have to stop is disinformation and he's like, stop the disinformation of what's going on over there, like the conspiracy, and then the help will get there. He's like, the worst thing that can happen is like, oh, this is all staged. And then people stop donating, right? People stop working because they think it's all staged, right? Is that kind of like what like what you were talking about with like the, there is help out there, but the conspiracy of what psychiatrics, psychiatrists are doing it can really hurt people who need help. Yeah, it's wild, like breaking that down. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I would say, um, yes, that's 
you know, a factor. I mean, the, the biggest thing about um, to remember about mental illness and, you know, bipolar disorder is a mental illness. It's a serious mental illness. And I had it se severely is it can it, these mental illnesses can destroy your marriage, your family, your career, your finances, lead to addictions, homelessness, incarceration, death and suicide. I mean, that's and it happens all the time. Um, you know, it's happening right now as we speak. There are people dying from these conditions. And that's the really, really bad news. The good news is if people get in and get medical help and they get evaluated and they get properly diagnosed, which for me took a long time and it took another couple of years to get the right medication. If you get the right treatment and you stick with it and you manage these chronic brain conditions, then you can live a happy, healthy, purposeful life. And, and so that's the really good news. But there's, there's these things like the conspiracies that you were just talking about. There's the stigma where people think um, mental illness isn't real. It's just a lack of willpower or a lack of character, which is totally untrue. I mean, I know for a fact because my brain shut down and that had nothing to do with my willpower. Um, I couldn't function anymore because the brain chemistry shut down. Um, and so there's there's lots of reasons. The stigma, though, is a big one. And what people have to remember is, you know, bipolar disorder and other mental illness are physiologically real inside the brain. The same way diabetes or cancer or heart disease is physiologically real. And in order to, to deal with them, you have to get diagnosed, get the right treatment and then manage it. That's the same thing with, with mental illness. So I would say whatever it is, um, stigma, um, conspiracy, whatever, people need to move beyond that and seek medical, professional medical help. Yeah, I think we've come a long way with that as well, especially in the DOD sure. and the military. Sure. Uh, and I'm going to talk about a comment here in the thread because I had something very similar happen to me, so it's not crazy. Uh, Matt Chris says exactly right. I had a psychiatrist going through SRP my fourth deployment and answered the psych survey accurately for the first time. So he was honest, <laughs> honest, right? That told me that she wanted to put me on medication for my PTSD slash anxiety. Then she said she didn't want to take my edge away in a combat zone, right? And I remember after being rocked in 2006, I failed that whatever that new NFL test was for TBI, right? They had just introduced it. So I had failed it like five of us did. Well, actually probably about 25 of us did in the company. But like, you know, I, uh, they put me into an office with a doctor and they were like, so uh, are you experiencing like any like type of headaches? And I was like, yeah. And uh, she was like, where? And I was like, uh, like on the, on the left side and then behind on the right side. She's like, are they tension headaches? Do you think like, are you like, are you normally find yourself like short of breath and then you're getting headaches? And I'm sitting there like, no, like I just get a headache. Like, and, and like, I literally like have to go sit in a dark room. Like, it's not a migraine. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's not excruciating pain. It's just, it's just annoying. Right. And she goes, yeah. It's like, so the NFL study for TBI is, uh, that's what their pain is for. It's like, she goes, however, if, if I say that you have PTSD headaches or TBI, they're going to kick you out. They're like, do you want to stay in? And I was like, yeah. She literally wrote they were stress headaches to keep me in the army, right? And I would never would have met Mark if that if she didn't keep me in. So you know, there's there's the positives and negatives to it. Um, 
you know, and but when you look at that, like you said, when you look at your VA, they're sad conversations. You yeah, know? but when you like, look at that VA paperwork when you get out, and it's like, man, like I could have had these problems fixed a long damn time ago. Yeah, like like what the hell? And and Dave, I do go to therapy, and she doesn't yep. say that I have freaking bipolar disorder. I, I, I think you and I had a conversation about that back in uh, 2010, 2011, and uh, the E8 board was coming up. I went to mental health. Because there was some stuff bothering me. And, you know, we always talk about on the trash talk, how change starts within. You got to do it yourself. And I went to mental health and she's like, we can set up more appointments, but the E8 board is coming up. So this Mm. might not qualify you for E8 if we go this route. You might be exiting the military. So I stopped going. Got promoted E8, successful career, ran a company and all that. But that happened, you know. I mean, let's be fair. It was a recruiting company. Hey, successful recruiting company. I don't care. I mean. Hey, we were but making they, mission. You were in Fayetteville. You were in Fayetteville. No, I was out well, in Arizona. That's right. You're, yeah, yeah, fair, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys were recently, recently, and has it gotten better? Like I remember it's when. Way better. That's why Nick mentioned yeah. that. Way but like, when I was we a came private, back from the deployments. Like yeah. we weren't like. Did you see dead bodies? No. Yeah, SRP, yeah. All that stuff. Like no, 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 no. no. Because Dude, you when were, I, would be removed. You were man. terrified. Yeah, when I was in, like, if you said you had an issue, thoughts of suicide, you had an orange row guard vest. Your shoelaces yeah. were removed, your belt was removed, and then yeah. as an infantryman, you could no longer do your job. You had Correct. guards around you the whole time, and you can't hold a weapon. Like, why on God's green earth would I ever admit shit, right? Yep. Like, that, you're a pariah at that point. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, We've gotten that, so that's much I'm wondering better. If it's Did you have anybody like, suicidal? Did you have anybody suicidal in basic training? You remember that shit? Yeah. Where that, like, you, you, and then you had, like, seven guys watch? standing around their bunk at nighttime. Yeah, bunk watch. Man. Like, what kind of... We've gotten so much. I mean, we've had pilots on the show. Uh, what yeah. was his name? That was, you know, that mentioned he had some issues, but then was still able to fly. Yeah, he was a one sixtieth guy. He has the yeah. wood- woodworking business. We've uh, gotten so much better. So hats off to the mil- army in general, military. We've gotten so much better, but our generation, no. <laughs> well, they have to get nightmares. Cold no. Yeah. You, you know, like- about killing people? No. Like just no, no, no to everything. And then in retrospect, you're like, yeah, I should have probably answered yes to 50% of those yeah. questions. Yeah. And, and then it has an effect when you get out, though, because, like, that's you, you still identify Correct. as, like, a veteran, right? And you still have those standards and SOPs, right? So, like, that's why I think we lose a lot because they just don't want to admit it. You ever notice, like, you don't – no one admits anything until you admit it yourself to them? Correct. You know, a lot I'm of saying? people wait till till the very end, too, for, like, yeah. for you soldiers that are watching or something tragic to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, oh man, this is this turned into a great uh, like spinoff for people watching, right? Like, like you have to go get help. Go take care of yourself. You have because the army's going to be gone. Like Buddy always says, the army's a mistress. Like you are going to be old and (laughs) and can't physically perform anymore. She's going to grab the newest young buck, and then you're done. And then you're done. Yeah, you're done. Whether with family, without family, like you're done. You're going to get your DD two fourteen. They're going to ring the bell, and that's it. You know. Yeah. So and I take like, care I like, of yourself. We'll, we'll bring up John Troxel again. When he talked about seeking mental health treatment as the SEAC, you know, he said that I had the, it's like the most nervous walk I ever had was about 15 feet to General <laughs> Mathis's <laughs> office. Yep. You know, sec, sec def. And he's like, I had knocked on the door and said, boss, I got I to gotta take a couple weeks off. You know, and he's like, Mattis looked up at him and said, yeah, I think that's, I think you do. And he goes, <laughs> he's like, come back. I need you. He's like, mm-hmm. go get the help you need and come back. Yep. Right. Yep. Like, you know, he's like, that wouldn't have happened 30 years ago. 
No. Right? They would have fired no. me. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. So, yeah, we spun off and kind of took it away from uh, General Martin here. Um, but um, I think it all ties into everything. Well, you know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Like, it does. Uh, uh, Linda was saying she was on Amazon looking for your book because she can't find it. So, where, um, do they, where, do yeah. they, where do they go get your book? Um, go to, go to. First off, um, you know, the easiest is go to Amazon, Bipolar General, Greg Martin, and it should pop right up. Um, but another route is to go to my website www.bipolargeneral.com and when you when you go to that site the landing page has got Amazon Barnes and Noble the Navy Institute press it's got a bunch of different um, presses that you could order like if you can't get it from Amazon go to Barnes and Noble or go to the Navy Institute press all right perfect uh oh look out gloria hampton's on here she's definitely a cat she's definitely a, a, a bot time to block that user. <laughs> hi how are you doing let's be friends linda says those. perfect thanks so she'll yeah. be ordering that book yeah phenomenal yeah, then, uh, man yeah chris just put uh the link in the thread um yeah this is just just great and i i gotta i gotta i tell your story because when we had you on we were still active duty uh yeah, right. david i yeah, Dave and I were, and so was Buddy. Buddy hadn't retired it either. And That's right. Buddy was still in too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I, I was you know going around, you know, using your story, at the Sergeant Majors Academy. You know, I'm not, I I was just like, I was like, hey, you you got to go get looked at. Yeah. Like it's okay. And then I was talking about when you were yelling in the meeting with the you know the chief Joint Chiefs of Staff, and I asked you, I go, <laughs> what is I go, what do what do four-star generals do when a two-star general starts yelling? You know, and it's like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it was like, they kind of just do this. <laughs> they kind of just turn around. Like, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> oh, and then Jason oh. Wheeler, you old bastards, what's up, dude? So, yeah, uh, Jason Wheeler was a phenomenal NCO. Yes, uh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, we, we surpassed you, but it's okay. Like, yeah, he got you, out. He was a quitter. Yeah, yeah. You laid the you, you laid the groundwork for us. Uh, hey, now this mental know, health discussion is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, the I can other listen thing, to you just... talk for hours. It's just phenomenal. Like what you went through last time. I, you need to hit on that real quick because I got a kick out of you. Talked about riding your bicycle through or your mountain bike. I think it was or your some right. bike through DC, just wearing like shorts or you know you got to a stage where it was just like fucking insane and i just always remember that little story or that little yeah. piece of it yeah so that was when i was in full-blown mania shortly before i got fired um i used to get I, I couldn't sleep for like three months and so i would just at night i'd get up and go outside and you know walk around dc or you know do whatever um and i i would uh, i liked riding my bike mountain bike so i'd go out the gate at fort mcnair and drive into town where the you know capitol hill is and so I'd go up around the Congress and I'd go bombing down the hill as fast as I could, <laughs> paddling as fast as possible. And I would, on multiple occasions, I would hallucinate that I lifted up off the ground on my bike and I was I was flying around like, like he did. looking at the monuments. And then I could look down and see myself pedaling away and I was up above flying. And so, I mean, that's called a hallucination. I mean, I saw it, I felt it, 
I believed it was real. That's a new conspiracy. What if it people was pay good money for that kind of shit? That's <laughs> yeah, called know, acid. And, and, and then you, people would say, "Well, well, um, you had to have known you weren't really flying." No, I didn't no. know I wasn't no, really I flying. I really thought I was flying. And that's what a hallucination psychosis is, mm -hmm. is you believe and hear and see things that to be true that are not true. And, and, and so in my mind, that was really happening. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty. That was, that was I remember that story from last time. Yeah, it, it was really nice. <laughs> it was really but, nice. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing I'll just say, though, is after I was in um, the uh, psych ward in, in the VA, um, I came out. I still couldn't break the depression. My wife called my doctor and said, hey, you got to give him something stronger. That's when we made the move to lithium. So I had been depressed and psychotic for two straight years. And within three days of taking lithium, my depression lifted, psychosis vanished. That was seven years ago. We moved to Florida for the warmth, the sunshine, you know, the brightness. And I basically rebuilt my life, rebuilt my marriage because things were pretty bruised and battered. And then, but I've really put a whole new life together. And, you know, I decided I am going to tell my bipolar story. And you know, was, my mission yeah. is I'm going to share my story to help stop the stigma and save lives. And so that's what I'm doing. I mean, you know, a book, about 25 published articles, probably about 100 talks, interviews, podcasts. And but none better than this. You might, be, you might be on that high again, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. You're doing all this stuff. I, I know. Was gonna ask you, what does that look like right now? You know, I mean, obviously the medication you think is, you know, but obviously you're still super successful. You're getting after it. Does that ever, do you question yourself and you're like, oh shit, I'm doing all these things again, like amazing, I'm performing and like, what's going to happen a year from now? You know, I'm not saying that's going to occur, but you know, do you, does that ever go through your mind? Yes. You hit the biggest danger that's out there for me. That is the big danger is that I'm getting back, that if I start getting back into my quote unquote high success, high energy mode, right. I could kick back into mania. Um, there's a couple of things about that. Number one, the, the lithium, what it does is it creates a, a roof so that when my brain wants to go up into mania, it bumps into the roof. It can't go too high. And if it wants to go into depression, it hits a floor. So the medicine really helps me a lot. And then, you know, I've got a uh, psychiatrist and a psychotherapist that I work with, you know, keep in touch with. But then you have to have battle buddies like my wife. She right. keeps an eye on me if I'm doing too much or I'm going too fast. or I'm starting to get revved up too much. She's like, hey, take a chill pill. But it's it's hard for me to slow down. And I've also got other friends that I've that I'm close with down here that I've said, OK, this card has the symptoms of bipolar disorder. You know, I have. So you have a circle of people watching if, out for you. Yes. Yep. If yep. you see this, talk to me and Maggie and how so I don't go into orbit again. And so uh, anyway, so I've got kind of a network of battle buddies and monitors and, you know, safeguards. But it's but it is a real um, danger because like with the book coming out, I mean, tons of people want to talk to me, do interviews. I mean, they want me to come visit, you know, this for And you're ready to rock and roll. Let's do yeah, it. Let's yeah, do it. let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> and so anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting few months. I've got to really, really keep a close eye on myself. And the, the good news is now that I've been through all this, I can detect if I'm starting to go up. If, 
or go down and I can feel it and I can take action on my own. Because um, you're aware. Yeah, there's awareness. Yeah, because I'm aware yeah. of I'm aware of what's going on. Something's happening in my brain that's you know, not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting to see things again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that and then again, that goes back to our signature saying with veteran trash talk, obviously not quit being a trigger pansy, but the get the demon out. Right? Uh get the demon out, right? Get it out in the public so that people can know. Right. And so that they can help. So you can have that circle of friends. Yeah. It's and he, it's, that goes back to what Mark, Mark with the tribe and everything, like he's yeah. got his tribe now, he's got his people that are paying attention, obviously his wife who's been through it all, you know, so that's good. There's like all these, all right. Yeah. And then there's a, there's a, there's a friend that's close, there's yeah. a friend that's close to us, uh, yep. Dave, that I had to talk with, uh, when I was, uh, back at the center of the universe, uh, which is for, for Liberty. Right, uh, call it Bragg even harder now. Right, Fort Bragg, the center of the universe. Um, you know, I, I have a friend there. Dave and I have a friend there. Where same thing. It was, I don't have that shit. Like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Which friend is right. it? Because a lot of those friends out there have it. You, you know who I'm talking about. But uh, well, I'm not gonna say his name on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, like, uh, you know, I'm like, yes, you do. And I'm like, I have it. And Dave it's okay. It. And it's okay. Right, <laughs> yeah. like, like it's okay. Like, and we hugged it out, you know, and it was, you know, it did involve a golf cart. Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, yeah. Uh, and we love you and we're here for you. We're in your circle. We're in your tribe, as Mark would say, um, we go through it. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, general Martin, this was again, phenomenal. Monica says, thank you for being so open and generous with your story. Uh, she goes on to more your vulnerability, encourage us all to self-reflect and seek help. Uh, Go ahead. Hey, hey, Nick, I was going to say uh, among you guys and your listeners out there, um, you know, if you think this is an important story, the bipolar general, uh, help me to amplify it. You know, whatever networks or contacts or, you know, whether you have, you know, reporters or writers or filmmakers or radios or, you know, newspapers or magazines or whatever, you know, just help amplify it. Because I think everybody who hears the story or reads it, is really kind of blown away and thinks it's really important, uh, both for the military, the veterans, and the civilian society. So any help you can give me and amplify it would be fantastic. Oh, we got that. We got some. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, we only got about eight. <laughs> we only got about eight hundred thousand followers. So we'll see what we can do. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, let's see. What and we're we're in a movie too. We're kind of big shots, you know. Yeah, no big yeah. deal, Mark. We're in a movie. <laughs> We're in a movie. Right. I I'm watched it, man. I contributed. I, I yeah, bought yeah. it off Amazon. I got nice, it to the cause. Nice. We're, we're, yeah, we're in 20, 22, The Unforgotten Soldier. Yeah, shout out to Sam Medina. Medina. We got to get him back on the show. I'm calling him Medina. I always going to call him Medina. Know. You already so, know yeah, it's an inside joke. It's always going to be Sa Medina. Sam is the guy who got eaten by, uh, um, what's the venom in the gas station? Venom. Yeah, He's also so, the bad guy in um, Mile Twenty Two with Mark Mile Twenty Two with Marky yeah. Mark. Yeah. Uh, so no, Sam. Sam again. Same thing that we have to do for you, or we will do for you, and do the best we can is promote it, right? Like do the best that we can because if we help one person today, which I know we probably did, that's all that uh, every matters. Show, every, every show usually helps one person because yep. uh, somebody on there is sharing a story or you know watching and listening. Because we a lot of people listen to it this too; they don't watch it. Um, so. We have to put it out there because the, it's sad to say this, but social media and society doesn't want to hear what we're saying. Mm. They don't want to hear it. 
and part of that, and you know, again, there's never one thing. The big girl always talks about this, like the rock says, you know, and talks in the third person is, you know, we, we, you know, we, it's a system. There's not just one thing. Right. But part of the system is they don't want to feel bad. Right. People don't want to feel bad. They don't want to read it. They don't want to hear it. Right. And it's just like, no, these are American citizens that signed up to go do something. Right. And then the, your elected official sent them somewhere. Right. And their lives changed forever. Right. And like, I'm sorry if that makes you feel uncomfortable, but we have to take care of these people. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, Nick, that's funny. One person didn't want to partner with tribal because they say your film has to end with hope with everyone winning. No, no, that's not reality. That's not reality. reality. And I refuse to do it. And I turned down a partnership with somebody that did a lot of things because I said, I'm not doing it because then it loses everything we're trying to do. It loses it's on its face. But that it goes to your point. Everyone wants a feel good story. But shit, man, most of us are just figuring the shit out every day. I don't know the answer. I mean, take yeah, the Disney, the Disney approach, yeah, right? Disney yeah, start yeah. every everything Disney does. It starts off with a, a travesty, like somebody's parents die, and then it ends great, right? Like every single Disney movie, right? Like, and Disney is great for kids to have hope, right? But as adults, when we're coping, right? Like you, General Martin, when you're coping, and there's people around you that that are affected by your attitude, like, and then they you let them in to help you, right? That's what we need to message to people. It's like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. You need to understand what's wrong with these people. And not and I say these people, I don't mean just veterans, but anybody with, a, with any type of issue. Get it out there so that we understand it, right? And then it's your responsibility. That's where the triggered pansy comes from. Everybody thinks like, oh, you don't want to be a triggered pansy. That's kind of rude to say to people PTSD. No, no, no. It means your actions affect people. So if you're a veteran acting crazy, right? Fine. Okay. But you have to own that. Oh, yeah. Own that attitude. You have choices every day. People to help you. Yeah. Right. So, hey, uh, great, great show. Uh, We had a lot of viewers, a lot of people commenting, and thank you for watching. Uh, For the YouTube, go over to YouTube. Go over to YouTube and subscribe, all of you. All right. Because they shadow ban us there. They don't want to feel uncomfortable either. Um, What did did Mac? You wanted to say, don't blame it. Mac said, yeah. Right. Don't blame it on it. You know, and uh, yeah, we, but yeah, for the AR, aliens exist, right? We covered that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> uh, 100%. They're in Mexico. They're about this big. All right. And real talk, but, real quick, Nick, yeah. I think General Martin has some info on that stuff as well, but he's just not allowed to share yeah, it. He had, to, he had to sign an NDA. <laughs> just, like, j- j- just like, just like Buddy knows who the who killed the Kandahar giant because he, yeah, yeah, the Special Forces group. And yep. they killed the Kandahar giant, but nobody wants to talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, aliens exist. We figured that out, but not those ones in Mexico. Those are made in China, right? Yeah. Like we, that, those, that's not real. Uh, and then we have they tribal. Were from Wish. They were ordered from Wish. <laughs> they were ordered from Wish. And then we got Mark here, uh, who was a, a terrible guest host that didn't really ask any questions or really contribute to the show. Um, you can't ask I, that I, many. I, that, no, no, I'm going to go to his defense. I, I, General I, Martin is talking. And his stories, like well, you cut off Joe Martin all the time today. That's not no. that, and I don't want to be disrespectful no. to y'all. This happened, like this, this is y'all show. Like hundred episodes. Don't get all triggered. Came, don't get all triggered. We, Just my AR, AR triggered, dude. This is my Real AR, quick. Dave. Yeah. Shut up. When he, <laughs> Eddie's, 
Parade rest, no. <laughs> when he came on last time, Nick, we even mentioned it. We just sat back and we listened, and it was just fucking phenomenal. Well, I'll let you get back to your AR, but that's that's why. I believe like, I added, I contributed to this conversation. You did. You had I was, was going to get to that because I could do You are important. Yeah. Like it. a Disney movie. Can I, I add, you sure. can kiss my pink Irish ass? Yeah, so I'm a, like, <laughs> like in a Disney movie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear you down and build you back up. Oh, I, 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 oh thank you. I, I didn't have a dumpster that. fire yet today, so here's a dumpster yeah. fire during the age. I, I love <laughs> I love Mark's background because it always makes me feel like I'm watching Star Wars, right? And so like when it's just I'm gonna bring him on the show at least once a week because that's the, those are the doors that Darth Vader closes. You know what I mean? Like that always bothered me. And uh, what was it? A uh, New Hope, where you know Darth Vader's coming through the door and he's this powerful Jedi or you know Sith Lord, and he can't stop the door from closing. Like what the hell is that all about? You know, <laughs> we won't we won't get in that. Um, and then we got into you know, General Martin was on the on the show a year ago, uh, about a year and a half ago, and talked about his you know his his battle with bipolar uh, and how it how it affected his life, his family, and now it's in a book, right? And so we can we can change lives, we can help people. Go buy the book. All right. Uh, the link is in the chat thread. All right. It was a www.bipolargeneral.com. All right. Did I say that right? Yes. And uh, okay. Go get it. All right. And then read it. And then, again, you never know someday that you might see somebody that you from that book that you now recognize something and you can help. All right, and that goes along to I will do. But a don't go calling all successful people bipolar yeah. now either. Exactly, exactly. Listen <laughs> to yeah, the whole podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, have empathy for each other. Go, go help each other. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Facebook terrorist. I'm not nice to you on Facebook. Like I will go after you. But Dave knows, Mark knows. Call me anytime you need me. Right, we will be there. Right, we will help you. All right. So I, if I can't, I'm not a doctor. So if I, I can't help you, I'm, if it's something medical, I'll, I'll put you in the right place. But come to me. Right. I'll help you. But all right. Um, that's the AR. Thanks, Mark, for coming on. And then, Greg, get the last words. And then uh, Dave will close us out. Well, thanks, you guys. This is a really important um, sh show. And it's obvious that, that a lot of people value it because so many people listen. I think your closing words of wisdom are, are right on the money. And getting informed. Don't blow his head up. Smart so, action up. Is, is, um, is really key. So thank you. Really, really a pleasure to be on. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, this close was, us this, out. Was, this, this was awesome. Mark, hey, I love – I'm looking forward to the documentary – Maybe I'm gonna make it out there. Give me the dates after the show and October seventh. Yeah, maybe can you make I'll, it out October seventh. Yeah, I think I got, I can a, I got a hotel room already. You can come sleep with me I'll for a day or two because that that looks phenomenal. And you know, appreciate what you're doing. Well, and then well, the good thing go is ahead. I could put y'all on a panel because Man, I have a hard a time quick, answering yeah, what's next. Yeah, yeah like, let's do it. Yeah, I would love for you guys to be on a panel, but I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna interrupt. I'm gonna shut the fuck up now. My bad. No, you're good. We brought you it's on the show to talk. It's a dumpster fire. We can do whatever yeah. the fuck we want. Yeah, I yeah. know. I try not to be disrespectful. No, you're good. I don't yeah, want to hurt Nick's feelings. Kiss my English, kiss my English ass. Again, phenomenal. I'm going to watch this again later. Like, again, you brought what I call the heat. Like, a year ago when you came on, just the stuff you talk about and so openly, you know, we always talk about how we change lives on this show.
though, right? How we talk about certain topics that, you know, somebody might be affected by those because they're going through it as well. So it's like either your choice to make a difference or not, or your choice to like go seek help. And like, you probably changed at least one life, like Nick would say on the show, maybe more. Um, I'm going to order the book as well, even though we should have gotten free books since you came on our show, sir. I'm just saying you should have, you know, they were supposed <laughs> to send us, they were supposed to send us the, the digital copy, but did regardless, get, did no, it we never get got to it. you? No, we never got it. No, oh. <sighs> sir. But we had sir. the source. We already knew the story. Are you in DC, <laughs> sir? Are you still in DC? Uh, no, I'm in Florida. Oh, nice. If you were, pay, if you were paying attention, Mark, if you were paying attention, you would know he's in sunny Florida. But really? Anyway, sir, phenomenal. Oh, man, Thanks for whatever. coming on again. <laughs> we hope to have you on again in the near future uh, to discuss it all because I could listen to you for hours just, you know, yeah, everything that you went through. Um, just phenomenal stuff. Everybody that tuned in, go check out his book. Go buy it. Check out veterantrashtalk.com. That's our website. It has the links to everything. Go buy some of our merch. Today I'm wearing just the tip, okay? little bullet right there. Nick, what are you wearing? Five, five, six. I'm just, I'm wearing our original. Original. The original. Yeah. The dumpster um, fire. Go buy some of our merch, support the cause. Go on to YouTube. This worked last time. We got like 20 more subscribers on YouTube. Go there, smash that like button, hit subscribe. And uh, we and love buy you the guys. Book. And buy the book. I already said that, Nick. Maybe I didn't. Buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. And we'll catch you next Saturday. No, no, no. So conspiracy can stay idea. A conspiracy yeah. idea. Oh, we're going to talk about that real quick. I haven't quick. put it in the chat. Yes. All right, guys. That's why I'm the boss. All right. Everybody listen up. I'm running out of conspiracies. I'm only talking about UAPs, aliens, all this good stuff. So I need you guys to email the big Earl or myself or message us on a conspiracy you would like me to this on next Saturday's episode. Or so anything you can come topic. up with. But give me at least four days in advance because usually i look up these conspiracies on a thursday or on a friday and we're drunk and we're drunk one day before yeah. the show so look up a conspiracy send it to me and i will discuss it on saturday's episode and then we'll all go over it and be good to go anyway we'll catch you guys next saturday peace